Well, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 38, Jesus teaches, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I will tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them with the other cheek also. If anyone sues you to take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. For you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you to love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing the same thing? If you greet only your own people, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Okay, this would have been standard belief. An eye for an eye. You know, sure, murder is bad, but this is justice. You know, if somebody kills your brother or your best friend or whatever, you go and you kill them. You know, if somebody steals from you, you go take it back. That would have just been standard belief. Love your, love your neighbors, love your friends, love your family, but you know what? Your enemies over there, totally fair to hate them. Jesus links these two ideas together. He links these two ideas together, and he says, practice mercy and practice peace. This doesn't mean to be a pushover. This doesn't mean to accept abuse if you're being bullied. If, if there's a situation where one spouse is abusing another, this isn't Jesus saying, that's okay, love your enemy. If you're, you know, this isn't, I'm sure that somewhere in the history of foolishness, somebody has tried to use this verse about turning the other cheek to justify a husband hitting their wife. That's ridiculous because that's not what Jesus is talking about. What, what Jesus is talking about is, is this idea of loving our enemies and living out what Jesus has done. We spat upon God's love. We rejected God's holiness. We have been rebellious to God, and yet he came after us to rescue us from the mess that we had made. And then he's calling his children to live that out. It's not saying be pushovers. It's not saying to accept abuse. But it is saying, hey, let me just be, sometimes it's good to be vague, but let me be specific. I have heard Christians, even Christian leaders in the last two years, say horribly disrespectful things about our governor. Now, I may not agree with our governor on everything or, or policy or whatever, and I was really really miffed uh, when, uh, you know, she put the mask mandate in place and then you find out all the ways that she has ignored her own rules? Yes. But if she's my enemy, as some of my Christian friends and some of my pastoral colleagues have said, then shouldn't I pray for her? Now, I don't think the governor is like my enemy enemy, but like, shouldn't I pray for her? And yet we see places in the church where we don't act like that. And I say the same to my more progressive Christian friends because they're convinced that the enemy isn't Governor Brown. The enemy is all these conservative Christians over there at that church. Well, shouldn't you pray for them? How can you love them? 
how can you find a way to serve them? It, it, this, this is real world. You know? The, the government is, is at times against us. Right now, I mean, we've had our own issues with Clackamas County, but right now, down on the coast, there are churches that are trying to feed the poor, and the government is against them. And yet, at the same time, the government wants our help. And, and they're reaching out to churches at the school district level, at the local level. They want the help, social help, that churches provide. I actually wrote a paper on it in college about the, the unseen, and it's, and it's massive, millions, maybe billions of dollars that the government doesn't have to spend on social services because Christians individually and churches collectively are doing stuff that just goes unreported. And I could say, you know what? You're against us, state of Oregon, or you're against us, Clackamas County, or whatever, but they're asking for help so I can help. What if the person you hate is the person that Jesus loves? Because that's how it is. What if the person who hates you and is, is vengeful towards you is the person that God wants to reach through you? Everyone can love somebody who loves them back. Everyone can find peace with somebody who's already at peace with them. It's a question for us. How do we show love to the one who is opposed to us? How do we show love to the person we don't feel loving towards? And that can be in multiple of situations, but I think a real world issue right now, right? You can see the big generational divides. How do we find love for people older than us or younger than us? How do we find, if we're on the right, how do we find love for people on the left? If we're on the left, how do we find love for people on the right? If we're in the middle, how do we keep ourselves from being judgmental like everybody's wrong and we're the only ones that have sensible middle solutions? All of these things speak to us, black and white, rich and poor. You know, how do we find these places where there's divides and there's tensions and there's animosity and just say, how can we love the other? That's a Christian ethic. It's a Christian teaching. Oh, I want to vote my values. Okay, vote this. That's the calling that Jesus gives is that in real world terms, if you think someone's your enemy, then that's the time to pray. If you think that someone has wronged you, and I'm not talking about being in an unsafe situation, but I'm just saying that person's wronged me. Lord, how can I show love to them in this moment? And that is harder to do than it is to say, but that's the teaching that Jesus gave us. And you say, well, you know what? I can't do it. Nope, I can't either. But the Holy Spirit can fill us and empower us, and give us victory to live in this way and in this path. If I said anything that you had a question about that made you mad, uh, that you're like, wait, I don't, where are you coming from with that? That's fine. We love that kind of conversation. You can email me, adam at faithonhill.com. You can check in with me after church on Sunday, whatever you want to do. We also talk about these things in the small group. Um, and uh, I lead one of the small groups. So sometimes people go, hey, you said this, what's going on? And sometimes I hear about it from the other small groups. And that's fine too. So we'll see you this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. And uh, we'll be online and in person. Where, wherever you're meeting with us, the invitation is to be part of a connected church community. And so I think the best way to do that is to be part of a small group. And you can email smallgroups at faithonhill.com for more information.
God bless you. You have a fantastic day.